Welcome to Sierra Week Conversations, a new video and podcast series bringing you insights with impact into energy, economics, and a changing world in the COVID-19 era. I'm your host, Dan Jurgen. Hello, my name is Carlos Pasquale, and welcome to this edition of Sierra Week Conversations presented by IHS Market. This is an exclusive series with individuals who are leaders in the energy sector, public policy, finance, and technology, people who have been at the center of change in a point in time in our history that is filled with tectonic shifts in the way that we see the energy sector and its prospects for the future. Today, we have the opportunity to have a conversation with the Deputy Minister of Energy of Turkey, Arpaslan Bayraktar, an individual who has been at the center now of energy policy and regulation in a country which is at the center of many points of geography and energy coming together. Mr. Minister, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Carlos. Good to be here with you. Thank you. The Deputy Minister and I would like to take you through a conversation which covers good news and good developments, challenges that come with transformation, and reform and how they might affect and Turkey's role in the future regional dimensions of energy um, in the region. Mr. Minister, I'd like to start out with a good news issue. Despite the pandemic, despite the challenges being faced, you've had a very significant new find um, just off of the coast of Turkey um, in the Black Sea. Can you tell us more about it? Sure. Uh, this uh, is the, the largest gas discovery in Turkish history. Uh, it was uh, the, the, we have we have a very uh, comprehensive offshore uh, program, uh, Carlos, uh, and uh, we 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 were planning this uh, for almost uh, started uh, four years ago. Uh, we developed this offshore program, uh, and basically. Uh, the very much idea of this uh, security of supply is the number one priority for Turkey. Uh, because Turkey, roughly 70% uh, of uh, primary energy supply uh, for Turkey comes from imported resources, comes from, from abroad. And this is one of the major challenges that we are facing each and every day in this country. And we're trying to secure our energy supply. Uh, and almost in terms of gas, uh, Turkey in, imports almost its 99%, almost entire gas needs and almost 92% of oil needs. Uh, and this latest gas discovery, uh, it is important uh, for this perspective, but for two main uh, uh, reasons. First, when it comes to gas, Turkey is the fourth largest gas market in, in Europe. Uh, but we consume gas in three different areas, in three different sectors. One is for heating and cooking in households, uh, for processing uh, mainly in industry and commercial sectors, and, and of course for power generation. Power generation. We invested heavily uh, last couple of years and uh, decades on renewables, uh, but so we generate significant amount of uh, power from renewables. But still, when you look at the, uh, the gas, the, the role of gas in power generation, until the recent past, the share of generating power from gas was reaching almost, in some years, 45%, some years, 48%, very significant uh, portion. So that's why 
finding our own gas resources is quite essential. Uh, so supplying Turkish gas market uh, from a domestic production is, uh, is very essential. That's the, the first thing. And secondly, it is important because the discovery came at a very critical and important time. Turkey's existing gas contracts are going to be expired starting from next year, April, April 2021. Uh, around 16, 15, 16 billion cubic meter of gas contracts uh, are going to be expired in 2021. And 26 billion cubic meter of gas contracts in the year 2025 and 2026, uh, which we are aiming to have a plateau production uh, from the Sakarya gas field. So these are like 2021 and 2025 and six are the major milestones for our gas market. Uh, so basically this discovery will help us to share our future uh, energy supply, gas supply portfolio. Uh, and our early estimation, uh, it's still early uh, to talk about it, but early estimation is that this gas, when reach a plateau production level, the volume will supply 30% of our domestic needs in today's consumption level. So that's why this is uh, quite crucial, this 320 BCM or roughly 11 TCF uh, gas discovery uh, right off the uh, Turkish uh, coastline in, in the Black Sea. So the connection between Sakarya and energy security, profound and, and very clear. When one thinks about energy security in Turkey, traditionally the word that often came up, or two words that often came up were energy hub. And in addition to that, you've made massive investments in LNG and you've become a significant importer of, of U.S. LNG as well. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the other dimensions of that energy security and diversification strategy? Uh, we, we had a very uh, clear, uh, clear vision about infrastructure investment. Uh, in that strategy, uh, which we identified in our national energy and mining policy, in the gas sector, in the natural gas, we have three uh, focus areas. One uh, is investment into our uh, national grid, in our grid uh, network, grid expansion, adding new pipelines, uh, both in domestic and international pipelines. Uh, as you know well, uh, you're in this region, so you know well, uh, we successfully completed uh, Trans-Anatolian Pipeline Project, TANAP, and Turk Stream Project in a very short period of time. Uh, TANAP became operational in 2018, which is bringing Caspian Sea uh, hydrocarbons to Turkey and through Turkey to European market. Uh, and Turkstream will transport gas from Russia to Turkey and again through Turkey to European market. So that's one thing. And we're also investing uh, in domestic pipelines and relevant infrastructure because our government uh, has an ambitious gas access program, which started almost 18 years ago. And the aim is to bring natural gas to each and every household uh, in Turkey. Uh, this is very ambitious uh, gas access program. Uh, another area that we are investing in gas infrastructure is underground storage uh, facilities. 
we would like to have at least 20% of our annual consumption to be stored uh, underground. Uh, with World Bank uh, Finance Tuzgul Underground Storage Project and Silivri Extension Project in the year 2023, uh, hopefully we will have 11 BCM storage capacity. Uh, this is pretty essential for Turkish uh, security of supply, for diversification problem, uh, purposes, as well as uh, for economic purposes. And finally, in 2016, we started to invest to increase our regasification capacity because we saw uh, the development in the US and in general global gas trade, gas market, uh, which actually showing clearly uh, that the LNG will be the main uh, gas trade segment in the in the market. Uh, and we almost quadrupled our regasification capacity in three years time. And as of today, Turkey technically, technically can get almost 50% of its, its gas through LNG. This is a very large number if you uh, consider the size of the market. Uh, we added two FSRUs, uh, two FSRU terminals, and third one is on the way under construction. We also increase the existing two onshore terminals regasification capacity. So we invested a lot on uh, LNG. And we start to see the results of this investment. Share of LNG in gas supply portfolio is increasing steadily. Uh, in 2018, the share of LNG in overall gas supply was 22%. In 29, it went up to 28%. And this year alone, 2020, it was an interesting year. It's still interesting year. In 2020, this year, first half of the year, the LNG share in the in the portfolio was 40%. Uh, and US became uh, one of the largest supplier to Turkish gas market in the year 2020. Uh, most likely, we are gonna end up uh, this year, uh, like one third of gas will come from uh, through LNG uh, this year. This is very significant in a very short period of time. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, as long as existing contracts expired, LNG might be a good alternative for more competitive and more flexible uh, replacement. Turkey uh, is becoming a very good and important destination for US LNG, uh, but we have some uh, principal position. I call it like a uh, two RFCs, renegotiating future contracts need reliability, reliable suppliers, flexibility, and competitiveness. So these are the key things that uh, if we have those uh, things, the new contracts, new supply uh, offers, uh, I think there are plenty of opportunities in the market. And then when we have abundant uh, gas from coming from diverse different resources, then we can start uh, talking about the energy hub in the region. It's a fascinating story, Minister, and just even uh, uh, thinking about the changes that you've recounted in the nature of your gas trade. It's, you, you've captured a story of geopolitics and of, of, of commercial trade, which have occurred over the last 15 years. Um, and that in and of itself reflects the importance that Turkey plays as a, as, as a center point of trade internationally and regionally. 
a, a critical issue you stressed was investment. And a big part of developing Sakaria was going to be private investment and the capability to attract it, which of course is only more difficult during this period of the pandemic and the impact that's had on private capital flows. How are you approaching this in order to be able to meet the timeframes, the targets that you've set for, for Sakaria's development? Uh, Carlos, as you said, like this is the most challenging part. I mean, uh, financing uh, this project as well as the timeline that we set very assertive target to bring the first gas to Turkish grid in the year 2023. And of course, the plateau production will be uh, following years, maybe 2025 and 2026. But uh, this is very early stage of Sakarya development, uh, Sakarya field uh, development. Most likely, we will have uh, FID in the year uh, 2021, early next year, I would say. Uh, but I would like to talk about how we came to this point, because it might give you an idea and the audience an idea about the development phase. When we announced our offshore program in 2016 and 2017, uh, we had a long, determined, uh, and committed plan uh, because we knew that at some point oil prices will go down. There might be some fluctuations on the oil prices and gas prices. Uh, and we, we knew that at some point the prices will not be as attractive as before. Of course, we didn't know about the global pandemic, uh, but we said we will continue this program till see the result of untapped resources of Turkey. Now we completed and achieved the first step and discovered a significant amount of gas. So we will continue to this program with determination and commitment. And we are working uh, with international financial institutions in some of our projects, such as Chardonnay's and ACG uh, in the Caspian Sea. Turkey, Turkish Petroleum is a part of Turkish Wealth Fund. So it is pretty much capable of financing Sakari gas field investment by its own uh, equity, its own money, but also since the project looks very profitable, it might attract, and I believe it will attract private capital into the project. Uh, look, it's an interesting story that the very same night when our president announced the discovery, my dear friend, I think our uh, mutual friend, Fatih Birol uh, from International Energy Agency, called me and congratulated me and uh, said uh, many good things. But also he said uh, this discovery was very important, not only for Turkey, but also global oil industry. But it, because he said, uh, you continue to invest while oil majors and many others stopped investing, postponed their plans, or completely canceled some of the new exploration projects. Uh, but our strategy, uh, which Again, like a, a long-term plan, uh, we stick to the plan, we continue to uh, this strategy, and eventually the strategy paid off. So long story short, we don't see uh, the financing as a bottleneck of this project. Excellent. So let's take a little bit of a twist, Minister, and move from um, the discovery of gas a bit downstream to its implications for the power sector. You've had a little bit already some of the transformation that you've made there and indeed since 2001 Turkey's been in a deep extensive um, power transformation program really taking a state monopoly and looking at transforming the sector give us a, a sense of the 
of where you stand right now and and pick up on that term competitiveness that you use as part of RFC. Sure. Um, as you said rightly, I mean, Turkish energy market uh, has gone through a major transition over the last uh, 18, 19 years. Uh, we changed the whole structure, market structures, from vertically integrated state or monopoly model into a well-functioning market model. And in, in this period of time, uh, Turkey's installed uh, power generation capacity went from 30 gigawatts to over 90 gigawatts. Uh, IPP's role, IPP's market share, uh, went from 25% to 78%. So the whole market uh, players change, I would say. The role of state went from 75% to 25%. And tur Turkish power market during this period of time uh, were able to attract $60 billion of private capital uh, and demand almost tripled in gas and electricity. So domestic and international investors believed in the market and made this investment. Of course, of course, I should say that the government, our government, did many market reforms. Uh, our legislative and regulatory framework is pretty much in line with European Union acquis and directives. So market liberalization and opening market opening programs successfully designed and uh, implemented. Uh, and if you consider the size of the market, I mean, it's, it's a huge market, uh, both in gas and uh, electricity. Uh, so it was very difficult, this transformation. Uh, in, this period, uh, in this picture, renewables played a major role. Uh, they became more competitive uh, over the last uh, few years and decades. Since Turkey has a huge potential in terms of renewables, we will have more renewable investment in the future in this country. Uh, in our uh, national energy and mining policy that I mentioned earlier, we set a target for solar and wind over the next decade, a total 20 uh, gigawatts of additional solar and wind capacity, uh, 10 gigawatts of which I'm talking about. Another element, uh, important element in the market uh, is that uh, it will be, uh, the energy efficiency will be a key area that we will develop in, uh, in the near future. We have a very ambitious energy efficiency action plan. It includes different sectors, energy, industry, agriculture, transportation, and cross-cutting uh, sectors. Uh, and in this uh, plan, we identified 55 actions and to implement this plan, we will make uh, almost $11 billion of investment. Very, very ambitious, very assertive plan. Uh, and with that, the aim is to reduce our primary energy consumption by 14% and to reduce our emissions by 66 million tons per year. Uh, we have also a nuclear power generation uh, program. Uh, the, Turkey would like to add nuclear into its energy mix uh, over the next few years and decades to come to basically also to uh, be able to uh, transform its energy towards cleaner uh, and greener uh, way. So private, more efficient, cleaner into the future. 
And it, it brings us to another topic, which really has been a part of the center stage of um, global policy and politics on energy and an inflection point, perhaps, in history, which is on, on climate change. Um, in Europe, you've seen this historic step that's been taken um, with the recovery program and the emphasis that it's placed on green energy and a target of net zero. In the United States, it's been driven more from the private sector and the focus on ESG. What's driving the concern or interest in climate in Turkey? Um, what are the factors that are pushing you forward? Uh, the energy transition, we have to admit, is a global phenomenon, and we know that it is inevitable that the world economy is evolving towards, again, cleaner, greener, and lower emission uh, systems. Uh, renewables, as we spoke earlier, are on the rise this year, maybe because of COVID-19. It was an exceptional year, but uh, last couple of years, we witnessed more investment on electrification and on renewables. Turkey also moving uh, forward and moving towards in this pathway. Uh, but we need to be careful on uh, two things. One uh, is related to the security of supply, obviously. Uh, we cannot give up on system security, system reliability and resilience. That's, that's very important, very crucial. That's why we would like to add also some uh, clean, base load power generation, such as nuclear, as I mentioned earlier, uh, hydropower plants. Second thing, uh, so this is one thing, uh, system security and reliability. And uh, second thing is competitiveness. Affordability and competitive energy supply also one of our main priorities. In this framework, uh, we're trying to strike a balance between these these two and uh, to put Turkish energy and economy into a more sustainable pathway. Uh, but I think also this Black Sea uh, gas discovery will help us to have more natural gas in our uh, energy mix uh, in power generation. Uh, as I said at the beginning, some years we have been generating power mainly from natural gas, uh, but uh, this imported molecule uh, frankly, is not a wanted option. So we try to reduce the power generation coming from gas uh, when it comes to imported gas. Uh, and because it was the single biggest cause of current account deficit of Turkish economy. But with our own gas, it will be much more reasonable and economically viable, hopefully, that we can generate power from gas to add more renewables uh, create less emissions, uh, and uh, at the same time, we are not going to uh, give up on our system reliability and resilience, hopefully. Minister, for me personally, my connection with Turkey's energy sector began with Baku Tbilisi Jehan, and it really reinforced um, the concept of, of and the importance of Turkey's role as a regional player. Today, there's also a great deal of, of excitement about the Eastern Med. How do you see Turkey in the midst of this regional dynamic? Carlos, um, I would say that we have still similar approach uh, to this issue. What we are saying is Turkey can be part of any project which creates which is going to create win-win for relevant parties. 
will help Turkey's and region's security of supply. And if this project helps to solve some of the regional conflicts uh, or bilateral uh, conflicts or to improve political and economical stability, Turkey welcomes uh, to those projects. As we said earlier, TANAP and TAP uh, Trans-Adriatic Pipeline is a great example to this. And, and frankly, I often give the same answer, uh, similar answer to this question related to East Med hydrocarbons, because I keep receive, uh, receiving the same questions, you know, how uh, it's likely to have East, Eastern Mediterranean hydrocarbons uh, to reach to the market, uh, how this potential can be realized, etc. Very simple formula. We need to follow up the similar steps that we followed for TAP and TANF. The cooperation between countries, uh, the the support and 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 and, and confirmation coming from U.S., European Union, uh, their involvement, uh, and again the, the the cooperation between countries in the route in this route, and mutual understanding and trust, and of course economic. Uh, uh, feasibility made it possible to have gas flow from Caspian Sea to, to Turkey and uh, to Europe. Uh, but even before that, or like a, uh, the the very first thing, uh, number zero uh, element for this, we need political will and commitment. Uh, we extended our gas grid to all our neighbors, including Iraq. So the the, the network is there. The bringing gas from Turkey to Iraq or Iraq to Turkey is possible. Also other neighbors on the western side of Turkey. Uh, any molecule reaches the Turkish gas network can be easily reached to neighboring markets. So this is also valid for Eastern Mediterranean uh, hydrocarbons. Uh, as long as the molecule reaches the Turkish grid, uh, then the gas will be available uh, around the network. You've given us uh, an extensive perspective on your strategy for building for the future. You focused on the importance of infrastructure, of new investment, of a cleaner future, um, one which draws in private investment. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think it would be interesting if you could characterize what aspects of this give you optimism for what makes you feel positive about the course that Turkey is on today? Well, uh, the, the, the real uh, optimism comes from uh, the past achievements, to be honest with you. Uh, I think it, it gives us a, a very clear uh, signal, and it's a good indication for us how we can achieve uh, more and how we can uh, learn the lessons from, uh, from the previous uh, mistakes, maybe. Uh, I gave you an example, and I, I mentioned about the, our uh, market transformation, for instance. It was a huge success, uh, huge investment, both domestic and international investors made in this country to believe in the market, to believe in the economic and political stability, as well as market reforms and legislative framework. So we, we have done this, especially in the power market. In the gas, we are a little bit behind of market liberalization, but we now have a good chance. That's why we invested heavily on uh, on uh, the infrastructure side. Now LNG is changing uh, the, the whole game, so we are doing it. 
a little bit slowly, but surely we are moving to that direction. So we can uh, achieve the similar results in the gas market. So uh, we have done this in the past. When it comes to some international projects, as uh, you referred, EastMed or other options, Again, uh, we have uh, great examples ahead of us, in front of us. We can, again, uh, uh, can be optimistic about it in case if we have this political willingness and commitment, if we are sincere and serious about uh, that diversification of supply routes and uh, resources, uh, there are options, uh, there are viable uh, options uh, in front of us. And again, uh, with that, I think Turkey can be part of uh, those projects. Uh, we are open to uh, the dialogue. Uh, we have done some uh, commercial talks in the past for Eastern Mediterranean, especially uh, Israelis offshore uh, hydrocarbons to, uh, to, to reach the gas market. Uh, but uh, we need to, uh, we need to uh, be really uh, pragmatic creative, uh, then I think we can be uh, really optimistic about it. Minister, um, fascinating discussion. You've, you've given us a new acronym, RFC, Reliable, Flexible, Competitive, um, an important foundation and principle for how to make an energy system work. You've taught us a lesson about energy security, one which is global in nature and changing the patterns of trade one has, which has a local dimension and developing the resources that you have with private investment. And another aspect of it, which is structural. And for that, we thank you very much for taking us through that journey. The Deputy Minister of Energy for Turkey, Arpaslan Bayraktar. Mr. Minister, thank you very much for being with us in Sierra Week Conversations. Thank you very much. Thanks again for tuning in to another Sierra Week Conversation presented by IHS Market. For the complete video series and previous episodes, visit us online at sarahweek.com.